Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for um, your word again. Thank you for what Gary and Phil and the rest of the Gideons do and the, the work that they do to make sure that your word is spread and, and sent out into the world. God, we do ask that you would use that in the lives of people, um, those that need you and that cry out for you, um, that you would, uh, in your sovereignty and your grace, uh, allow them to get a glimpse of you through your word. Mm-hmm. Whether you continue to bless them. Uh, and we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Oh, amen. Thank, Thank you, Gary. And again, if you uh, would desire to, to make an offering, you can uh, you can make a check out to Christ Community and put Gideon in the memo box. Then we collect all that and we'll make sure that they get those um, in the next couple of weeks. Okay? Why don't you turn to Psalm 119? We are going to look very briefly um, at just a few verses. Uh, As you know, Psalm 119 is a a long poem. Each eight verses begin with uh, the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So we're going to look at really the second verse or the second stanza this morning, verses 9 through 16. Uh, And then I'm going to focus in on just three verses as we begin talking about God's Word. Just an introduction. I want to look at how one person, how his attitude towards God's Word should really be our attitude toward God's Word. So let me read beginning in verse 9 through 16. The psalmist writes, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes, and I shall not forget your word. In in John chapter 9, the Pharisees had a run-in with a a man that Jesus had healed from blindness. And he was, in his newfound sight, simply trying to speak truth to them, and they would have nothing of it. What? You teach us? You're born in sin, they said. You have nothing to say to us. Now why? Why would someone who who was speaking truth, in fact, he maybe in his mind somewhere had had this idea of some passage in Isaiah where the blind were given sight. And he was trying to communicate that that hadn't been done before. Maybe this is what the prophet is talking about. But they were blind to that. And I think there's a couple of reasons why they were blind to that. Um, They didn't believe that he had any truth to give them because of who he was, because of his background. And second, if we go back to John chapter 6 and chapter 7 and chapter 8, they felt like they had all the truth they needed. In conversation with Jesus, and he was trying to, again, speak truth, and they said, well, we've got Moses. (laughs) We don't need you. We have all that we need. And so therefore, they were uninterested in truth. They didn't like the source from which it came, and they thought that they knew it all already anyway. And, and my thought is, is that sometimes we can sort of get like that in, in, as we relate to this book. Uh, how many of you have more than one copy of this? Maybe you have more than five copies of this. And if you've got electronic version, you, right, you can carry it around with you everywhere. 
I mean, the, the Gideons have those pocket ones that are easy to carry around, but if you've got an iPhone or a phone that, right, you can have it anywhere. Um, in the last, Tim and I get together for lunch on Thursdays, and the last two weeks, either he or I have walked out of the house without a Bible. Well, oh, that's okay. I've got one, right? That's handy. And yet, how often do we take it for granted? How often does it sit? Do we hunger and thirst after it? Or are we like those Pharisees that, well, you know what? I've got enough wisdom. I can get, th- I can get through my day without this because I've done this day before. I know how to do my job. I know how to be a husband. I know how to be a father. I know how to be a mother. I know how to be a student, right? And we don't spend the time because we just don't think it has anything special to offer us. We've been there, done that. Or we're just not sure that what's in it really is applicable to me in the 21st century. We're going to talk about those things uh, in the coming days. Inspiration, um, reliability of, of this text. We're going to talk about those in the coming weeks as we continue to talk about the Bible. But this morning I just want to look at one person's attitude towards this book and encourage you to adopt that attitude as well. We're going to look at three things. Number one, because of God's character, we should learn His Word. Because of God's character, we should learn His Word. Number two, because it's His Word, we should share it with others. And number three, because of the Word's effect, the stories that Gary told this morning, because it has a positive effect on people in their lives, then we should rejoice in it. We should rejoice in it. Number one, we are called to learn God's Word. Oh, it's working this morning. Good. We've spent the last month talking about God's character, who He is, why He's worthy to be praised, what He's like. Notice in verse 12, it says, Blessed are you, O Lord. Some of your versions may may say, uh, You are to be praised, O Lord. And then there's a response to that. The next line is, teach me your statutes. See, the psalmist is, is declaring that God is someone who is to be blessed or someone who is to be praised because of his character, because he's someone that's worthy of our praise, someone who's worthy of blessing. Maybe I should get to know what he's like more intimately. If he really is to be blessed... If he really is to be praised, then his character is worth knowing about. And if that's the case, then that should be our prayer as well. God, teach me your statutes. Teach me what you're like. Teach me what you require. Teach me how this world works. How marriage works. How work works. How parenting works. How relationships with people who drive me crazy work. How perseverance works how faith works, how grace works. If we really say that God is to be blessed, if God is to be praised, then wouldn't we ask, God, would you teach me your word? That's the first attitude we should have. We're called to learn his word. Now you may say, well, that's just this guy. (laughs) That's just this guy talking in first person. Is that really something that I should be about? Well, we turn over to the New Testament and we find that that's also true. In fact, we talked about in 1 Peter beginning of this year, Peter says, and it's a command, long for the pure milk of the Word. 
You said we should hunger and thirst after this just like we hunger and thirst after a good steak and baked potato. Right? Or we had a good hot bowl of soup on a cold day. Right? Do we long for God's Word that way? Or is it just something that sits on the shelf and I, oh yeah, I grab that and bring it to church on Sunday and I'll follow along, but the rest of the week I ignore it. Or I don't have time for it. We long for His Word. Second, because it is His Word, we should share it with others. Verse 13, with my lips I have told all the ordinances of your mouth. Now, we're good at sharing advice. We're good at giving people opinions. But are we good at giving God's opinion, God's Word? It's His Word that the psalmist wants to share. And specifically, he wants to share it out loud. It's not just that he's running through Scripture in his mind. He's not just meditating here. He's talking about with my lips. He's talking about audibly, I'm going to say it out loud. But he's also not just doing it in his closet. Saying it out loud, sometimes I memorize verses, I just repeat it out loud to myself. This word, I have told, in the Hebrew, uh, in the 60-something times it's used in the Old Testament, there's only two where it's not, where there's not an, either an object or an understood object. He's telling somebody else something. This word means to tell someone else. So because it's God's Word, are we willing to tell other people what's in this book? Now, there's two ways we do that. We do it as a body where we come in contact with brothers and sisters and we encourage them from His Word. We use this to admonish, strengthen, encourage, exhort, comfort. We don't use our own opinions. We, we need to use God's Word to do that. But then also we use it to, as we come in contact with people that don't know Him. Are willing to share truth? That sin is an issue in people's lives and that God has solved that problem through His Son. Are we willing to communicate audibly the truth of God's Word? Again, it's not just this psalmist that, that we're challenged or encouraged to do that. Matthew 28, right? Go into all the world baptizing and teaching all that I have commanded you. Jesus wants us to audibly proclaim truth to other people. Paul says to Timothy, the things that you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these things entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We are called, we are commanded to open our mouths and boldly proclaim the Word of God to one another as, as brothers and sisters in Christ but also to a world who doesn't know Him. Will we adopt that attitude toward this book? First, we're called to learn God's Word. Second, we're called to proclaim God's Word. Third, because of the Word's effect, we should rejoice in it. Look at verse, 15, um, verse 14, sorry. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Notice is the way of your testimony. In other words, it's where it leads. That's what he's rejoicing in. Not just the words, which is fine. You can rejoice in those too. But it's what the words do to people's lives. Like the people that Gary talked about 
who came in contact with the Word and their lives were changed. That's what the psalmist is rejoicing in. It's the fact that this does things to our lives when we adhere to it and obey it. It changes us. It makes things different. Of course, when we choose to ignore it, right, and go on our own wisdom or the world's wisdom, or just we choose to ignore it, right, we find ourselves in trouble. But when we follow the truth that's in this Word, that's a life worth rejoicing in. He says, more than all wealth. Now, I don't know about you, but if a lottery ticket blew up in my front yard and it was a winning ticket, and all of a sudden I found myself a multimillionaire, right, they would be rejoicing in that. I'm not going to deny that. I would rejoice in that, right? All of a sudden, there'd be all kind of things that I could do that I might not be able to do anymore, or used to not be able to do. We rejoice in that. And the psalmist says that he rejoices in the effects of God's Word more than all wealth. Not just a bunch or some, but all wealth. And this word wealth is not just material wealth. It, in the Bible, it's also used as the means to obtain wealth. So it's, it's that wisdom, it's that skill, it's all that goes into acquiring goods, possessions, silver, gold. And the psalmist says, I rejoice in the effects of God's Word and the lives of people more than any wealth, more than all wealth, more than any ability to acquire wealth. Do we have that attitude toward God's Word? Do we believe that this actually does lead us into truth, that it actually is all that we need for life and godliness? Or do we think, yeah, but you know what, I, I can do it on my own. And the temptation for us as 21st century Americans is, is to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, to be individuals, and to figure life out on our own, instead of figuring life out because of this. And the psalmist says that he rejoices in where God's Word leads him, it says because it is God's Word, He's willing and He desires to share it with others, He's going to boldly open His mouth. And then because of who God is, because He is blessed, because He is holy, because He is majestic, His Word is worth learning. It's worth spending time in. Over the next two or three weeks, we're going to talk specifically about this Word. Uh, maybe, maybe a little more academic. Where does it come from? Why should we trust it? What does inspiration mean? But we'll also talk about the practical aspects of, of why we should learn this and share this and rejoice in what it does for us. A challenge and encouragement to you today is if you are not actively, regularly spending time in this book, that you would say, you know what? I don't have to wait till January 1st to do a New Year's resolution. October 13th would be a great day to begin doing something with this book, to begin reading, to begin studying. October 13th or even October 12th when you go home today. You know what? I haven't opened that other than church in days, weeks, months. Maybe it would be a good time to do that. We're going to back up um, because I left something out. Um, we have been... Whoops, not, oh, I did that, Phil. I'm sorry. That's my fault. You can't blame Phil for these things. There we go. We have been uh, together 
reciting points of our statement of faith. And so uh, this month we are going to spend time reciting the second point of our statement of faith, what we believe about God's Word. We believe that it's true about it. So would you stand with us as we say this together? We believe that God has spoken in the Scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, through the words of human authors. As the verbally inspired Word of God, the Bible is without error in the original writings. The complete revelation of His will for salvation and the ultimate authority by which every realm of human knowledge and endeavor should be judged. Therefore, it is to be believed in all that it teaches, obeyed in all that it requires, and trusted in all that it promises. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank You for the blessings of Your Word. Again, God, we thank you for Gary and his willingness to come and share with us this morning. I pray that you would continue to bless him and the Gideons uh, as they bless others. God, we ask that your spirit would speak to us this week. That you would show us through the power of your spirit and through the truth of your word how you would seek for us to be this week. Places where we need to change. Places where we need to obey. Places where we need to trust. And that through the power of your Spirit and through the promise of your Son that we are dead to sin, would you allow us to live a life that is pleasing to you? And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.